Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, we hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow. And I'm Dwayne Drawn. Through our 40 years of combined dirt under the nails experience, we look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow, alongside the one, the only, Dwayne Drone. What's going on, Dwayne? What's going on, my man? I'm starting off the podcast with some bullshit. Ask me what the bullshit is. Just ask me what the bullshit is. What's the bullshit, Dwayne? What's man, the you know you know I love to fly, man. You know everybody who's on this podcast knows that I'm a pilot by now. I've had to cancel four freaking flights in the past week, oh, man. Oh, no. Four. Yeah, because it's raining. It rains every day. Like, I feel like I live in a fishbowl. Like, I feel like I'm about to rust or something. <laughs> Has it been hot <laughs> by you or has it been decent temperature? No, it's up and down. But, you know, I think I, I don't know if I told you but other people, but Chicago is a town that wants to stay cold. So okay. it takes warm air to heat it up. It's not like a Florida where Florida is hot and it takes cold air to cool it down. Yeah. It only takes warm air. Warm. To, to make this place, it takes really hot air to make this place warm because it's so cold. It's just a cold place. You know, that's just the way it is. Maybe that's the benefit of being close to the lake, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We only get, I mean, when we do get hot, though, it's, you can't even breathe. Like, people die. Yeah. I mean, from heat, exhaustion, and uh, the, the humidity is really high here. When it when Absolutely. it gets hot for the three days, then it gets hot. Three days, exactly. Three days. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so... Today, Dwayne, we're going to talk about something that I know that has been very profound in our business, but it didn't start out that way, right? You know, what we're going to talk about today is why the hell do you need systems in a business, right? Why processes? Why systems? Why not just do it differently each day? Why not just figure it out as you go, right? That's the old adage. And the funny part is, that's exactly how I know I started, Dwayne. Is that how you started as well? Just kind of doing whatever the hell it was that made sense and what got you through each time? Yeah, it was just total mess. I mean, you just... You didn't know any better. So you just did something like we'd show up at a job and let's start the job. And you mean, we took the shovels off the truck, a different side of the truck every other week. You know, we took three weeks on a job where we should have taken three, taken three days. I mean, it was just always a mess. I used to tell people my office was in my center console of the truck. Yeah. Like there wasn't really an office. And then I would order materials the day we're starting the job. Like, you know what I mean? I'd close the job a month before, get the deposit, everything to buy materials. But I wasn't ordering materials to the day before we started the job. And God forbid, don't let that material not be in stock. Now it's the, it's the supplier's fault. It's the manufacturer's fault. They screwed me over. But it was really my fault. I mean, because there was no system to make sure all that stuff was ready and prepared. Absolutely, man. And how much money did you lose doing it that way? I don't even want to count. Like, <laughs> it's about how much money did I never make? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You never had it, so you couldn't lose it, right? <laughs> I lose the job at the signing of the contract. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, it costs you money to sign that contract. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The crazy part is, Dwayne, you know, that's exactly how we started out, too, in the beginning. It was, 
you know, I didn't have a, a business degree and, you know, all this stuff lined up and all these systems and processes in place like we do now. It started off very organically and, you know, you solve problems as they became problems. And you didn't really think much about the next project. You were so focused on, to your point, getting the materials for this one, trying to manage the weather. And, you know, your machine breaks down, your truck breaks down, your workers don't show up. Whatever it might be, you might be short on a pallet of stone, you might be short on a dump truck full of gravel, who knows, you know what I mean? Like, you just so many things keep you so busy, like, how the hell am I ever going to pull back enough out of my business that I can actually set things up to make it smoother for the future? I know here in Pennsylvania, our goal was to do that each winter, right? Each winter, we have this beautiful, beautiful idea, this master plan, funny enough, um, to sit down in the wintertime and go through how we build stuff so that we can make it more efficient next year, Right? But the problem we found is each winter came and each winter went and we didn't have the time we needed or we'd spend a lot of time on something foolish and not actually get where we needed to go or just get frustrated because, hey, systems aren't my thing. We just kind of nail it each and every time a project comes in and we just adjust and move along with it. But we are constantly frustrated. I know I was constantly frustrated, constantly feeling like the job was running me instead of me running the job. It's like every single one kept throwing new flags up. And it was a struggle to make money on these projects because we didn't have, you know, we didn't have the knowledge. We didn't have the background. We were just starting out. We didn't have the experience. And each time I wanted to do something and we started getting better at something, it was my way, right? My way worked best. And when my way worked best, I got so frustrated and mad when my guys, they didn't know how to do it my way. Can't they see how I'm doing stuff? Why wouldn't they just emulate everything I'm doing? But they have their ways of doing it. I walk off site for 15 minutes. I come back. I'm like, what the hell is that? Why would you do it that way? Well, you didn't tell us any differently. Well, isn't it common sense you're supposed to do it this way? You're supposed to lay one course of one soldier course along the edge of the walkway, like I told you. Well, you never showed us that before. Like it was just so frustrated that they just wouldn't understand the way I think. Did it ever happen to you, Dwayne? Yeah, yeah. That was actually that's the biggest issue you have with growing the business in general. Just exactly what you said. It's like you would leave, and let's be honest. You didn't really tell them shit. You didn't tell them anything on what you're doing. You just thought that through osmosis or whatever the word is. I mean, because I'm making osmosis is is when you get knowledge from sleeping. This one is I don't know what the word is, but I'm just going to use it. And you think they're going to pick up what you are thinking and you show up and they're like, damn, why they're not doing it that way. And then you got the nerve to get pissed off, you know? Yep. And so, oh, my God, that, that happened a lot. Like. If people don't realize it, it takes a very, very long time it, I know, for myself to even get out of the stage where I could even bring more people in and scale because I didn't have a system of anything. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. My system was a Tasmanian devil dust running in circles. That was my yeah. system. And that system was, it was a really good system for like six, seven years. It held me back for like, so it, the system was so good. It held me back for like six, seven years. A really yeah. good system. <laughs> no, absolutely. You know, and, and the crazy part is that that's so common. Again, we've gone through it because we get in their minds that, hey, you know what? If we're not on the job site, they're going to start thinking for themselves. And when they start thinking for themselves, they weren't part of the meetings with the clients, right? And we know exactly what Mrs. Jones wants. She wants, you know, the walkway to come down the front of the house like this and do a little curve in the front. And then she wants some plantings on the sides or pat whatever it might be. You can fill in the blanks. But the point is that you know, because you had the conversation with her and then you try to translate that through words to your people that are building, they never had a conversation with Mrs. Jones. So, 
you know, you do that and then they have their own creative juices they want to throw in there to make it their own. And next thing you know, it doesn't look like anything that she thought she was going to get. And then everybody's pissed off, right? So, you know, obviously design helps with that. We can, Mrs. Jones can agree this is the best idea. Then your guys obviously will follow a design hopefully. And then she'll give her what she's looking for, right? Communication number 101. But, you know, it's not that easy when you're starting out, when, especially when you want to, uh, you have multiple projects running and you want to bounce from project to project and you show up and, you know, they, they don't, your guys are, are trying to do their best, but they're given minimal information. If anything, they don't have a standard to work with. And then you say, okay, lay those pavers as a walkway and you walk away and you come back and it's something different than you expected because you couldn't communicate it because your guys don't know what to do, right? They're, they're never going to learn directly through your words. They're going to have to be shown this through experience and being on site and these kinds of things. But having a solid plan in place makes all this much easier, but that is a system right? And same with, you know, when you put pavers down, let's say, or you plant plants, there's a certain way you do that for most, if not all of them. So to have a standardized idea process, something that they can always go back to and say, all right, well, if, and this is an example, of course, but if it's eight to 10 inches of, uh, you know, crushed clean stone underneath your walkway, then that's the standard all the way across. It's always the case unless you hit like an unstable soil situation or you hit, uh, you know, it has to be a stormwater management BMP or something like that, that you need to go deeper or wider or whatever it might be, right? That's a different situation. But if you have standards in place, then everybody knows how much of everything to bring. You know what I mean? They know exactly what to do in those situations. So you don't have to be there holding their hand the whole time. But it takes a lot of work because you're going to hit this wall until you get so frustrated you're done with it. I know that's when I hit my wall and I was like, you know what? I can't do this. This was over probably 17, 18 years ago. I was like, there's no way that I can continue to have to be on site constantly in order to field all of these simple questions that are the same questions over and over again for these projects. Like we just can't scale. We can't be able, we, we can't serve more people if we're constantly just trying to keep the team you know, rowing all in the same direction. So, I mean, that was, that's a big hindering point, constant frustration in that always having to be the one on site and then getting pissed off that I couldn't hire somebody to take my position. Like what, what position are they taking? Take my brain and duplicate it and hand it to somebody. We know that's not possible. So the only way you do that is by creating standards for these different things, i.e. systems or procedures. And I know that sounds really boring as hell and something that people in school do. But once you do it in a very, very small way and start growing that system and procedure, pretty soon everybody starts doing it the same way, maybe slight variations. And then you don't have to be on site to hold their hand the whole time because they know what to, how to do this. They know how deep you should be burying the landscape lighting wire. And they know exactly how far that path light should be off the path because you do it the same every time. So those kinds of things, every day adding more of those systems and processes alleviates the need for you to be on site. And now you can finally start running your business and not working in your business. Okay, I'm going to paint this picture for you. I am Johnny Tim's landscape, okay? I got two employees. One's my cousin and one's, I mean, his friends, all right? And you are teaching the seminar at, let's... You mean AMC Acme Pavers. And you just gave this speech about how you get systems together and how you line this up. You're explaining everything, how it's done. Then I go home and I know, man, I got Timmy and I, we got to get this shit together. But can you explain to me, where would you start on the beginning level? Like, you know, you're supposed to have these systems. How would you start it on the beginning level? That's an excellent question, Dwayne. And that's, I often get that question. Like, you know, it's, it's great. You have all these ideas and systems and processes, but how the hell do you start? 
right? I'm so focused on running my business and working in my business. Without me, it doesn't run. I can't take a vacation. Like, how the hell do you actually find time, A, and then what are the first steps? So first steps in starting to create systems around your uh, what you're doing is to start writing out what you do every day, right? When you go onto a project, let's say you do, let's just say for, for the sake of this conversation, you're a hardscaper, right? And you go out and you build awesome hardscape spaces for your clients. You need to start writing down each and every day, write down what you do in a day, right? Write down the different steps, the different things you have to tell people, who you're telling these different things to, and then start watching them. You're going to find out that you're telling the same person a few times the same thing. So maybe they don't understand it by words. Maybe they need to see a diagram or maybe they just need to see some kind of a picture so they could see it. Maybe they learn better that way, right? So start out by simply writing down what you do each day. It's going to take a little extra time. But write it out as little bullet points, go through and say, okay, today I showed up at the uh, at the yard at seven o'clock, five o'clock, whatever time you show up at the yard, I double checked to make sure the trailers had all their equipment in it. I made sure there was gas in the truck. I made sure there was gas in the gas cans in the, in the trailer as well. I made sure all the tools were in there that nothing was out. I made sure we put all the edging in there and the poly sand or the easy joint, whatever you're doing. Like, all this stuff is there. I double checked everything to make sure it was there. And then we got in the truck, everybody showed up on time, thank goodness. And then we drove to the job site, got out, unpacked the tools, fired the machine off that was already on site. Like you go through and just, it sounds crazy, but you lay it all out like that. Next, you uh, you start thinking, okay, you look at the list and you think, wait a minute. So this morning I was here at whatever time and I double checked to make sure these 10 things were in the trailer. We talked about gas in the truck and gas in the cans in the trailer and the edging and the sand and whatever else, keep going on the list. You double check to make sure everything was in there so you don't have you know wasted time on the job site. If you had that as a punch list, just call it the, the morning yard punch list, and you went through that punch list yourself, and then you've brought your foreman in or someone else on your crew and that you wanted to have this responsibility, that person to be responsible for this each and every morning, you'd bring Joey over and say, all right, Joey, look, this is what we have to do every morning 15 minutes before we leave, you need to show up 15 minutes early and you need to go through these different things, assuming that he's the right person for it, of course. And then you give him a checklist. You've already created the checklist. It's simple. He doesn't have to think. He just has to look, walk around, make sure we have in your checklist. You say you want 100 foot of edging standard on the trailer all the time, two gas cans full of gas, five gallons a piece. You want to make sure you have nine bags of sand always in the trailer, no matter what. And he goes through and check, 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 check down through whatever it might be. You write your list. And at the end, he signs it, dates it, it goes in the box, and he's good to go. So that's one step that you don't have to think about in the morning. It's 15 minutes that you don't have to be thinking about that you could be in your office strategizing the day, right? And you keep doing that throughout your day. You break your day down in small segments, not the entire day, the entire project, all of that. You break it down in small segments, and then you hand it to somebody. You teach them then how to do it. You walk them through by holding their hand, show them how to do it, or... You can shoot a great video. A teaching video is fantastic as well. So you don't have to always go back and show them again. They can just go back and refer to that video. And pretty soon, Joey becomes the, the guy that always has everything in the trailer. It's his responsibility that is part of his job. And then you don't have to do it. And then it keeps growing. It's like a snowball. When you start out with a little itty-bitty snowball and you put it in the snow when it's sticky and you can roll it and roll it and roll it and roll it and roll it. And pretty soon it's this gigantic snow, you know, base for a snowman. It's the same thing that happens here with systems. You just keep doing that. And that's the simplest way to start. Now, it can become much more complicated later with CRMs and, and computer integration and all that stuff. But if you want to start out really super simple, that's how you can do it. So that's the easiest starting point to move forward with that and think about everything you do in a day. That can go into the office and how phone calls are taken. 
You know, that's why, we, you know, with our sales system, we get into scripting. So there's not as much thinking about this stuff. You just, each time it's the same and you can teach anybody how to do it, which is really the cool part. Same with design. You know what I mean? We teach you how to do that as well, step-by-step. Step, so you can go out and you can design and not have to constantly be thinking about what should I do next? It's already there, right? You've already been trained in a process. So those things take all the guesswork out and it makes it much easier on you. And then if Joey, if you get to the site and you find out that there's no edging in the trailer, you go to Joey because he's responsible for that. Joey, where's the edging? Well, I forgot at this point. What's on a checklist? You sign the checklist. Maybe you're not the right person to be doing this. And you get somebody that can do this and that will go through and do these uh, these checklists and things like that. You don't want to make them cumbersome or people don't want to do them. Keep them super simple, but make sure you're getting what you need to get so they can free 15, 20, 30 minutes, an hour up of your day and keep compounding on that pretty soon. Your day is, is minimally taken up by this kind of thing. And now you're working on your business, not in your business, because others have taken the responsibilities from you gracefully. So it's like building, it's like muscle. It's like going to the gym and working out. You got to, you know what I mean? Like if you go to the gym now and you haven't been lifting weights, you pick up that little bar, it's going to wear your ass out. You know what I mean? But as you lift some more and lift some more, you can pick up heavier weights. So what you're saying is you start with a very small increment and you do it every day and then you just sort of keep building from there. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Or even just target once a week. Say once a week, you want to take one process that you're sick and tired of doing that anybody could do, but you feel like you have to do it. And you just start writing it out as bullet points, check boxes, whatever makes the most sense for you. And then figure out how you can get one of your staff to manage that, you know, and then you start thinking about once you have a bunch of system or like little itty bitty boxes of systems, like I mentioned, you start handing them off pretty soon. That becomes one big box of pre-project systems and there's nine of them in there, right? And then pretty soon it's pre like, you know, or it's base systems when you're doing base for pavers, right? It's ABC down through. Somebody's responsible for those things. The logistics of the materials being there. Who orders it? Where do you order it from? How are they getting paid? Uh, how do the bills get back to the office? These kinds of things. So you can start small, start taking some of those things off your plate, and then you can work into bigger and bigger boxes of systems. Think about it. You know, the word systems, and I know it's, it's not sexy, right? It's like, oh my God, it's a lot of work that I can't see. It's not something you can pick up. Like we love building outdoor shit because you can see it when you're done, you stand back, you're like, look at this. But what most people don't realize is systems are everywhere. You know, think about Amazon, tons of systems. That's all they are is constant systems. That's why you can grab a piece of glass out of your pocket, touch a button and something shows up in a day to your doorstep. It's, it still blows my mind how that works, right? But that's systems, constant systems. Your car is a system of systems. There's thousands and thousands of systems working simultaneously so you're comfortable, safe, and efficient as you move through space, you know what I mean? Through space here on the planet. So the point is that you're around systems constantly, even listening to this podcast, you're involved in multiple systems in order to even make that happen. So systems are everywhere, everywhere. And if you're not going to get in and tap into that and create systems within your own business, you're missing a gigantic opportunity to free up your time and not do the mundane tasks that have to be done every day constantly with different outcomes. Because that's typically what happens. If without systems, every time you do something, it becomes different. It's your clients don't know what to expect next. If you're running a maintenance company and each time your guys show up and mow the lawn differently, or because, you know, Sam likes to mow it the, this way and the other guy likes to do it diagonally and this guy likes to do circles in the front yard, whatever the hell it is, you know what I mean? It's, you can't have that. There has to be consistency throughout. And if you don't teach them how to do it, you're going to be stuck the rest of your life doing it in order to make sure they're happy. Your clients are happy. So, you know, that's often what happens in this in this industry. People get stuck because they feel like they're the only one that can produce this. And the reason why is because they don't want to take the time and empower their people 
to become even better than that person. That's the big thing. It's to empower your people to be even better than you by showing them the baseline and let them understand if they take a little bit different zig or a little bit different zag to get to the end, who cares? What matters is that they hit the result you're looking for or better. And if they have a little bit different way of doing it or a lot different way of doing it, who cares? As long as you get what you need at the end and the client is super thrilled, it doesn't really matter. But having systems in place is going to allow for that much easier. It takes time to figure out that I'm 45 and I think I've been in business, I think, since I was 2021. 20, you know what I mean? Like right as I got back from Marine Corps, I, like I thought I was a business owner while I was in high school while my dad was running and owning a company. Like I had a pager, so I thought I was a shit. And I thought I owned a business, but my dad, we all my dad then? <laughs> yeah, my dad owned a damn business and I, I worked for free. You know what I mean? So that's basically yeah. how I work. I didn't make any money. I just worked, but I felt like I owned a business. But I, so I didn't really, really run a business. So I was like 2021. 20, and now that I'm 45 and I'm not even really embarrassed to say this, I just realized maybe like two years ago that business is not really a business that you're owning. It's a systems operation. Like, no matter what industry you're in, you're creating systems per job. And that's your job as entrepreneur, as the owner or whatever. You're creating systems. And I'm paying attention to this now. And, and I can actually see loopholes in other people's companies because I'm like, oh, there's not a system there. There's not a system. And if they had a system over here, it fixes over here. So do you agree or disagree with that? No, absolutely true. Most people get into business as you know, as a hobby that turns into something bigger, right? They don't start off thinking, okay, how are we going to systemize this to make it most efficient? They think about how can I get out there and when things happen, I can jump in and just grab it with my hands and fix it, right? Especially guys, we're fix-its, right? That's all we want to do is fix things. And we often get ourselves in trouble because that's, that's what we get stuck doing. We're constantly fixing things. So when it comes down to starting the business, the fastest way you can scale and grow is by understanding that a business, to your point, is no more than a bunch of systems that are done in a certain way. And you add your flair to it based on your personality. But at the end of the day, business is business. And the more efficient you can get to the end goal, which is a happy client and a great referral, that's who wins, right? At the end of the day. So if you want to keep, you know, every day going out and getting stuck in the mud and never coming in on time and can't schedule your life and never see your family and never go on a vacation, you know, think about vacation, Dwayne. That's a, that's a great one to add in here for sure. Systems allow you to be able to take vacations. And I'm not talking about a long weekend. I'm talking about weeks. I'm talking about being able to leave your business for weeks in the busy season and have it grow a minimum, sustain, or grow when you're gone. That's when you know your systems are good. And it's I've heard this a long time ago, and I've always kept this close to my heart. And I said, look, if you really want to grow a business, you need to leave. And even your employees too need to leave for at least two weeks a year, back to back. Because then you start finding the holes in your systems, especially when you start implementing. Because if you have to be there to constantly be the glue that fills in the gaps, you know, the wood putty, if you will, that fills in all the gaps. Uh, and then when you're gone, all of a sudden the entire chair falls apart, then that means that your systems aren't all that good. So, or, or they're growing, but they need improvement. That's the nice part. So if you don't take vacations now, which I know a lot of people in our industry don't take vacations, especially in the busier seasons, they wait till winter because they're afraid of what might happen. They're afraid that if they leave, the entire thing blows apart. And they might be right because they haven't spent the time the amount of time it takes to create systems in a business really depends on how you adopt those and adapt to those systems. One way is to try to create them all on your own. Just go out at your own and try to figure it out and write systems out and then train your people and all that stuff. That, that's the long way to do it, but it's possible. 
Or the other option is to work with people who already have systems, right? You can go out and hire coaches, whatever. Uh, you can go learn how to do just about anything today and adopt somebody else's system and bring it into your business. And then you just compress decades of, of experience and winning and losing all into a very short amount of time, if it's a couple of weeks or whatever, to learn the system. And pretty soon it's implemented into your business and you don't have to think about that anymore. Somebody else has done all the sweat, blood, and tears. They figured it out. It works. You just bring it into your business. That's the beauty of those kinds of things. And that's, it's like an app. Think about like if you go out and get a system, you bring it into your business, it's like you put a new app on your iPhone and all of a sudden you can click a button and somebody shows up 15 minutes later and drives you wherever you want. You don't have to tip them, none of that stuff. It's all built into the app, right? As opposed to calling somebody, having them get in their car and come find you and then you have to pay them and you don't have the right change and like all this stuff. It's, it's imagine systems being like on your iPhone or your phone, an app. And as you add more of them, your life becomes easier and easier because you can just reach out and grab one, bang, and there it is. And it really helps smooth everything out a lot easier in your, in your business to allow you to, to be able to grow and scale. But back to the vacation side of things, you know, again, two weeks, even for your employees to get them away for two weeks on end, that's going to be super helpful for you to see where the holes are and where you need to work on in your systems. So again, if you're not doing any vacations, then take a couple of days, work yourself up into those realms of a couple of weeks. But, you know, as, as hard as everyone works or 99% of the people in this industry work throughout the heat of the summer, you know, working their hands to the bone, trying to make their clients happy, trying to make some money, trying to help make their families proud of them and what they're doing and <laughs> keeping the wives and husbands happy with all the hours you're putting in and all the craziness that goes on in this industry you know, to then at the end, have something to show for it and be able to say, guys, look, we can go on a vacation. This is what we work hard for, as opposed to saying we can't, or we got to wait until it snows. And then, oh no, we actually plow snow too. So we can't leave then either. And then it never stops snowing. So you never take a vacation for yourself. And then people start getting bitter and you start hitting your job and pretty soon it all sucks. So, and you start resenting the fact you ever started in this business in the first place. And you know, getting away and getting perspective is important, but setting up systems is going to allow you to get away. It's going to allow you to leave and have things still moving forward when you're, when you're not there. Now, imagine like Dwayne and I, we, we don't install, right? We're design managers. So we design and we manage projects, installations. So we have other groups from other companies that are coming in and doing this for us. So it's not even our employees that we're putting under a wing and teaching for five years to teach our systems. We need to do it instantly through great communication, through processes and systems that are already set in place. So we set expectations from day one all the way through projects. You know, when, when we have projects running, there's often times that we don't go out to the project to walk around as um, uh, as, as property managers, or sorry, not property, but project managers. You know, some guys do it every day. They have to go out and watch and look around and make sure everything is just right. We don't do that. We might go out once every week or two to a project. We see everyday pictures. We see the updates. We see all of those things. We know exactly what's going on. We don't just start and forget what's going on. It's not at all. We're very, very tied and very intimately connected to the project. But I tell my clients very, very clearly that if they're looking for somebody to be there, if they ask me, are you going to be on site every day? I said, absolutely not. I said, if, if I need to be on site every single day, that means that I don't trust my guys and gals that are working. And if I don't trust my guys and gals, why should you? I say, look, I am a bus, right? Right. I say, look, I'm a bus driver. We get the bus. We are the bus. We put everybody in the right seats and then we drive the bus. We know exactly what's going on at all times of the day. We know exactly what's happening. We know the next steps. We're managing everything, but we make it look like nothing's happening because we're just that good at it. But the point is that we are bus drivers, not babysitters. 
If you want a babysitter, hire somebody else that'll stand there all day long drinking coffee, watching the guys do the work because they don't trust them. It's huge. Yeah, and that reflects even to the person anyway. But I heard as you were talking, there was like five or six different subjects and I should have been writing them all down because we can actually have great podcasts for these other things. But what I want to hit on is this is a very, very, so it, like this really should hit in depth with our listeners. This is a really important subject. Like seriously, like if you want to grow your business, you have to get some type of, even if your systems are raggedy, but a system is better than not having a system at all. So Joshua, my next question is when, okay, say they write down their list and do everything, but where would they go for information to double down to really learn and gain this knowledge of building the system? Because hint, hint, this system is what makes you the millions and not the millions. Like, and I think you probably have this when you first get into business. And I, I think I had when I first got into business, like, I sort of didn't really think I could grow a business. Like I was in it and I wanted to, but after I realized, like saw how hard it was, I'm like, wow, maybe I'm just not going to ever get it to grow, but I'm in it. I'm going to stay in it. But it wasn't until I started reading and studying and learning and studying and learning and figure things out. And I realized that a lot of this growth has a lot to do with systems. So I read books, videos, things like that. What would lead somebody down this path? Like what books or videos would you say lead them down this path? Yeah, so that's, that's a great question. Before I get to that, what I found in my overall my career is that you, in business, you grow and you hit a plateau, you grow and you hit a plateau, you grow and you hit a plateau, right? And if you want to continue upward, you need to change your mindset and you need to change your education or change your environment, your proximity to other people that are doing what you're doing, right? So, or want to do what you aspire to, because if you get stuck in one spot, one box, you're going to be there forever. So, you know, you only grow to a certain level without systems. You're only going to grow up until a certain, maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars if you're lucky in business a year in sales. And then you're going to find yourself being, you're beating your head against the wall. Like, I just can't go bigger. I'm frustrated. Everything I do, I can't break this certain line. Let's just call it 500,000, whatever. I, you know, I don't have any systems in place, but I can get to half a million in sales and I, I just can't grow. I can't take my business to the next level. And what you'll find is then if you start working and, and listening here about adding in systems you will then be able to break through that plateau and start growing again because that's what it takes to get to the next level. You can only get so far without them. And then what you'll find is those systems that you start with get you, say, to a million dollars in sales a year. And those systems are amazing. You're either out there buying systems from people who have already built them. There's lots of great support out there in the different networks and the landscape networks out there. You know, obviously we have one as well, but there's there's lots of professionals out there. You can get a mentor, which is another great way to do it, to talk with a mentor and they can take you through processes that they use because they obviously started out, well, hopefully they started out where you are and then work their way up into where they are now as they're growing. But, you know, to, to find a mentor that can guide you so you can do it quicker. That's the main thing. You can, you can spend your whole life trying to figure it out on your own, or you can compress decades into days. I'll say that a hundred times, but that's been one of the savings graces of my life is understanding that I can either pay somebody or get, you know, be able to add more value to somebody's life who will then teach me how to do these things, how to speed up the process of success because they've already been there. They've already done that. How can I learn from them so that I can have a similar result? Because if they, if they do A, B, and C and they get D as a result, if I do A, B, and C, there's a high probability that I'll get D as well. So if that's the goal, then why not do that and compress those decades into days so you can get it in a year instead of 10? Where can you go if you compress things like that? So whenever I do anything, whether it's, you know, training for Ninja Warrior, whether it's, you know, real estate, whether it's really anything, sales, all that stuff, 
I have coaches. I still have coaches to this day in almost every aspect of my life because those coaches and those mentors help me see what's possible. They help me around the sticking points where most people would get stuck and get, you know, like they start second guessing themselves. These mentors hold you accountable. They hold you uh, true to what you say you're going to be doing. And they also then can help you through some of those things. Now, you don't want somebody who tells you what to do all the time because you won't learn anything. You need somebody who actually asks you questions, deep questions, and wants you to think it and figure it out yourself. You know, that someone that wants to help you learn how to fish, not just give you fish all the time. Because once you learn how to fish, you can fish anywhere in the world and get fish. So as opposed to saying, look, just I, I want this certain kind of fish out of that creek. And once I move somewhere else, it doesn't work anymore. So learning how to do these different functions and things like that. So, you know, to your question, where do you go? I say you go to mentors. I say you go, you can even go to YouTube and watch stuff there. You can also read books, tons of books, seminars, all this kind of stuff within the industry. And believe it or not, here's one of my secrets. I love going outside the industry because so much of our industry has been done the same way for so long, you know, grass or landscape or pavers. It's, it's the same thing. Maybe it's a different color, different texture, different advertisement, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's been done the same damn way forever. There's not a whole lot of, of excitement in life in this industry when it comes to new ideas. At least it wasn't for the longest time, right? So go outside your industry and figure out how you can take some of those technologies or those ideas and integrate them into your business. So it helps you stand out, right? So my background, my wife's a chiropractor. And when I first met her, she's like, hey, let's go to some of these uh, chiropractic seminars. And I was uh, like, oh, okay, whatever, I'll go. So went and listened to a lot of speakers, a lot of great speakers, like powerful speakers. A lot of them are speaking just like, uh, you know, you and I are, are from the heart. They're passionate. They're really out to serve people and to do the best for humanity and all that. I mean, absolutely love the groups. But they all they talked about was subluxation, which is the correction of nerve pressure between the vertebra of the, of the back, right? So they're constantly talking about this and, and unleashing the power from within themselves and and others and also, you know, the power that uh, made the body heals the body, right? Those are the, the concepts that they talk a lot about. And then they talk about how they serve and how they help people and make people's lives better. Well, the funny part is they use the word chiropractic a lot. They use the other words within their profession as well. And I'm sitting in the audience and I have, I have two choices. Either I'm going to sit there and say, this is bullshit. None of it pertains to me. I'm not a chiropractor. What the hell am I here for? This is, this is ridiculous. Or as I chose to do, I just flip words around, you know, outdoor living designer. Every time I say chiropractor, I'd say outdoor living designer. It's all business at the end of the day. They're passionate about what they do. I'm passionate about what I do. So it all makes sense, but I can then hear different ways of how they serve their patients versus our clients how they're advertising to them, how they're showing them value, how they're treating them differently than I would in my own industry, right? And you can do this anywhere. It's not just chiropractic. That's my example. But if you go into other industries and start farming out ideas, how how they're doing things differently than we are in this industry, you get a huge leg up and a different perspective when it comes down to it. So even some of their systems the same way, how they bring people into their office, how they they adjust them, how they they go through their, their overall you know, value stacks and how they go through all of their, their different processes, you can take some of the ideas from there and bring them to your world. So you don't just have to go out and, and, you know, mirror somebody or say, Hey, can I come in and just shadow, you know, you in in another outdoor living company? Can I just shadow you for, for a couple of days? You can do it. Go to your hair salon. I mean, it's, there's so many places you can go and just sit back and watch. How can I take these ideas? Okay. Well, you know, this, 
this appraiser came out and took a look at the house. And when he left, he actually left us a little box of chocolates. And he said, hey, you know, thank you for the opportunity to be able to appraise your home. I hope it comes in where you want it to be. And you get a little box of chocolates. And you're like, I never expected to get a box of chocolates from an appraiser. And then you say, okay, what could I do that my clients aren't expecting? You know, and again, those things then become systems. Your office then says, okay, once you go out and meet with somebody, the next step in the system is to send them a box of chocolates or send them along with you. So you can learn things from others is my point. You don't have to always reinvent the wheel. So there's so many opportunities where you can go and start this and it doesn't have to cost you a dollar. You just have to be observant. That's it. Yeah. You said something in that, in your conversation that it made me realize that what I do a lot. I don't hang out with a lot of landscapers in the industry. It's wild that even you and I become friends and talk. Cause I really didn't really hang out with um, the landscapers. And I hung out with more, I hang out recently, not, not all the time, but I recently understood that I had to, to, to be different. It's wild you're doing the same thing that I started hanging out with a lot of interior designers and I started paying attention to the furniture, the styles, the colors. And then I would envision how the furniture would look inside the outdoor spaces. So I could create these really dope spaces with the ideals of furniture. And then I also noticed that even on the landscape side of the house, I tend to have talked to more women than the men. The men want to talk about the pavers or cutting the pavers or the type of glue or the type of saw. And the women always talk about the design, the layout, and the style. So I end up talking to more of the women on that. And so, I mean, a little off the subject a little bit, but uh, it was pretty neat that you you do that. And, and I have a buddy who owns, uh, was it Now Fitness? He's, uh, his name is Darnell, lives out in North Carolina. And one of the things that I told him when he first started, because he left a corporate job, like, I mean, he left a six-figure job to come down and become a personal trainer. And I told him, I, one of the things I said is, do not hang around other personal trainers. And he was like, why? I said, because if they're not going the direction that you want to go in life, you're going to get caught doing the same thing. Like you come from an insurance background, a very corporate structure background, six figures, you mean plus. If they're not making that, unless they learn how, they're never going to be. And you're going to get caught up in that sort of that high school style of way of making money. And, you know, I mean, I would tell him he didn't understand. And the more he's into it, he's like, dude, what you said is like, correct. Like, don't hang out with them. Hang out with other business owners, other industries. You mean, learn from that and then implement that over. Like, that's even how we operate the Zex, where it even says on my website, we're not a landscape company. We're not. So don't treat us as such. Like, we're a design firm that happens to do out, outdoor work, but we're more of a design firm. So pretty dope. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Pretty dope and that you do that. No, absolutely. We've, we've done that. I've done that for years, and it's just something I stumbled into. And, you know, even when it comes to going to events, like Dwayne, you and I, we went to an event in Fort Lauderdale this winter that was for roofers, for si- guys that do siding, you know, they, they do um, windows. Like, that's not our world. We don't do that stuff. But the thing that's interesting is they have a way in which they help people buy. People like to call it sales. I like to say help people buy. They have ways that they market. They have ways, different apps and things like that that are only tied to their industry that haven't made it into our industry yet, right? So you can be on the forefront by going to events that aren't, they might be accessory to what you do. You know, you don't necessarily want to go to a baking conference uh, for for that, you know, but you could, you could figure out some stuff there too. But my point is you can go to other accessory type events and learn little details from them that you can implement in your business. You never know where you're going to get a golden nugget. I, I think when I'm reading a book or going to an event, if I can just pull one, one little nugget or a big nugget out of that weekend, that day, that hour, whatever time I invested in it, it would be totally worth it because that one thing may change everything. You just never know when that one thing's going to happen. 
Matter of fact, I think I'm going to start doing that. Uh, now that this COVID stuff is over and, and events are open, I'm going to need to start looking at different events and just start going to these events and, and just opening up a new world, a broad spectrum of, of what you can. I remember when Paverstone, we were out, we used to actually, I used to go to the Mercedes dealership and the Benz dealership, and I wanted to see what people were buying and why they were buying from their print material. Why? And then I wanted to implement that over into my brick paver patio business, you know what I mean? And how that works and how, because I, I love the Audi. That was my favorite car. I own one. I think you own one. So I would go to the Audi dealership and look at all the paperwork and try to figure out how to go. But I, I mean, that's something I think I'll do. But to end the, the podcast today, and I know you want to give maybe two tips, and I think we, we sort of broke them down in depth, but would you think you have something extra to say, maybe one or two tips that they can go and whoever's listening can actually go right now, as soon as this is over, and maybe start on something and do something that can change your business tomorrow with these systems? Yeah, I think the easiest way to start that, as I mentioned before, is to start writing those punch lists, right? Start thinking about some of the mundane tasks that you keep doing each day, things that you know anybody could do, but you happen to be the person that always does them, not because you necessarily want to, but because you feel like you have to. Like I mentioned the trailer as an example, or maybe how the paperwork's collected at the end of the day in order to get to the office so that somebody can pay the bills, or if there's change orders on site, just come up with a process, a checklist of how that goes, and then assign it to somebody, Give somebody accountability to that, that responsibility, and start with that. Look through your business, find things that you don't want to do, and then you know pick them one by one apart and start figuring out. Write down what you do, and I check. I like I love check boxes because as you check a check box off, there's just something that's beautiful and, and empowering about that. I don't know if that's what it is for you, Dwayne, but for me, at the end of the day, if I have 20 things that I need to do in that day, and because I always set my day out the day before, and you know, then I, I go into the day and crank through it, but I'm checking boxes off and I feel like I'm crushing it because I'm knocking boxes out and your, your people will feel the same way. So if you have, you know, 10 check boxes in a small thing that needs to be done uh, to the example of setting the trailer up in the morning, you know, then everyone else can feel empowered too by checking those check boxes off and being accountable to that. So that's, that would be the first thing is to start off with small chunks like that. And then as you start building small chunks, if you say, look, my target now is to do one this week, one thing, I'm so busy, I don't have time for anything else. One thing that I can take off my plate and hand to somebody else, I'm going to do that. That's it. That's your first step. Second step is do two of them a week. Start looking at the different things you're doing. Even if you do it on Saturday morning, Sunday night, whatever, you have a little bit of time to go through and do this. Set some time aside for you. And if you can't carve out 10, 15, 20 minutes a week, then you don't have a life. Let's put it that way. There's always enough time to, to do something that simple. Because when you invest time in creating these processes and systems, you are investing in your future. Because when these systems are in place, you get time back. Time is our most precious, precious resource that we have, right? Most precious thing we have. So with that being the case, each time you spend the time to do this, you're now getting all that time back. It's like you're investing in your future. So the more of these investments you put in, the more time you get back. No different than if you were buying houses and renting them, right? Each time that you buy one, they produce cash flow. It's the same thing here, but it's time flow, right? And you start getting more time. And eventually you have 10, 15, 20, 50 of these things in place. And if say each one is worth 10 minutes, you do the math. Pretty soon half your day is cleared up. And then you can start working more, you know, on your business instead of in your business, spending more time with your friends and family. All this stuff that you work so goddamn hard for that now you can finally enjoy the fruits of that labor. Not when you're 55 or 65 and crippled because you've worked your whole damn life, but right now when you start, there's nothing wrong with starting your business out with that mindset that you deserve to be 
uh, happy and you deserve to have time with your family and not think you have to work your entire life and your hands to the bone just to get a vacation after 10 years. That's insanity. But it, it's all because you don't want to invest time now, save, put money in a savings account. But in this case, it's putting time into a savings account of systems in order to make sure they compound over time. And you have then lots of extra time to work on the business and also to spend some time with your family. It's huge. Yeah. Yep. So that would be that. And so guys, if you need help with any systems in general, you just want to talk to us about systems that we've incorporated in our businesses, you know, reach out. We're not here to try to sell you anything. It's, I would love to help you on your journey. You know, if that's if, you know, something that we can help you with, we'd love to help you. But keep in mind, it's really up to you. In life, this is all up to you. If you want to be that one person that everybody has to come to all the time and and feel frustrated and just overwhelmed constantly because you're the only one that can do something, keep doing what you're doing. But if not, if you want the better life, if you want to have more times with your friends and family and you want to really enjoy this thing we call life, then you're going to have to take some time for you. And when you take some time for you and start taking those little day-to-day mundane tasks and handing them off to somebody else by setting up some type of a simple process, your whole life will change. And when your whole life changes, you're going to be happier, spend more time with your family, and really start to live the way you always wanted to.